Hello, these are the untold truths with two brown girls. Today is a good day to change lives. These are the true stories of what has transpired in our lives. This is not for publicity, but to aid in our healing. Listeners, discretion advised. Hello, everyone. Sorry about yesterday. We got a little bit too busy and were unable to post, but we are back today and picking up where we left off. We left off where the children had been returned home and I was in the service and we relocated to Virginia. I had started noticing changes in Faith's behavior and picking up on little things that were concerning to me. And I put her in counseling And in counseling, we learned about the things that had taken place while she was in care. And then shortly after that, I got married. And things seemed to be going really, really well. Um, The kids all seemed to really like my husband. And we started working on adoption Um, my husband at the time was going to adopt my older three children and we were also working on having children of our own Um, I don't remember anything significant taking place until after we relocated to Louisiana wouldn't you agree Yeah. I'd say it was about (laughs) when we relocated to Louisiana. Um, And this was about maybe a year after the marriage. That was around the time when problems started to arise. Um, (laughs) I'll I'll call them problems. Um, Faith started acting out. Surprisingly enough, it was around the time when I started having issues in my marriage. Um, I guess issues that the children could see and my husband at the time got kicked out of the service and we ended up relocating back to Western New York. Possibly one of the worst things I could have ever done, but at the time I was considering ending my marriage. I wanted to end my marriage, so I wanted to be somewhere where I was familiar with the surroundings and the area and I knew people so that I could start over in a place that was familiar to me. So I went back to the one place that I knew very, very well, Western New York. (sighs) However, my husband at the time was not willing to (laughs) let the relationship go at that time. And so we ended up moving together And this is where things pretty much went to shit. (laughs) Um, It started off small. Behavioral changes. um, Faith constantly getting into trouble. Going to school and saying things that weren't true. 
I still can remember very vividly the first time CPS ever came. The woman came to the house. Apparently, Faith had made a claim that I was throwing things at her. Large toys, um, different things around the house that I would just throw them at her. There was also mention of me locking her in closets. Now, if you've been paying attention, that probably sounded familiar to you. We'll get to that later. So when I heard this, I'm looking at this woman like she's crazy. Like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> there is absolutely no way that I'm sitting around the house throwing things at her. But of course, a claim was made. So an investigation had to had to take place. That was one of maybe five times this woman came to my house that week. Every day Faith went back to school, she made a new claim. And every time she made a new claim, a new call was put through to CPS. And the woman, the same woman, nice lady, came back to my house again. And she was always at my house. <laughs> yep, she, she was always at my house. Um, we used to just sit down and talk. Um, she, she just always seemed to be there. Nice lady. Nice, very nice lady. Um, eventually she started to see the same pattern that I had pretty much told her she would eventually see. This was not me. <laughs> this was not me at all. This was faith. So finally she told me, listen, you need to start calling the police. Calling the police? What do you mean calling the police? At the time, my daughter was what? How old were you? 12, 13? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what, it's a what are the police going to do? Like, this is a child. What, what are the police going to do? And she was like, listen, well, you need a paper trail. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the next big thing that happened, um, I believe, what did she do? I believe she walked out of the house with my cell phone and started walking around the corner. At the time, we were in Chictawaga. And she walked around the corner with my cell phone. So I called the police. This was funny. Now, if, if you're familiar with Western New York, you're familiar with Chitawaga. Number one. <laughs> number one. This was a black household calling the police in Chitawaga. That says enough. Anyway, so about four or five cars showed up. <laughs> I think it was about five cars. There were at least six very tall police officers that showed up at my house. Exaggerate to get your point across. Was it six? It had no. Was it more than six? I don't remember. No, it was at least six. No, it was. It was definitely six. I do have to. And you, I don't want to just come out and say the words. Well, I don't remember anything that about that. Everybody answer. probably already knows. Except that <laughs> Listen, so there was six. There was definitely six. There might have been more, but I specifically remember six only because I was behind them. Six police officers trying to force my daughter to go in the house. At the time, we were living in an apartment where we were living upstairs. I told them I wanted her to go in the house to go to her room. So there are six very big, again, very big police officers telling my daughter to go in the house. There are six very big police officers pushing my daughter into the house. And my daughter... Again, how old were you? 12, 13? Oh my God. Little. She was little. I mean, pushing. I've always been the same size. So, I mean. 
either way she's pushing them back down the stairs so they're on one side she's on the other they're pushing her up she's pushing them back down they're telling her to go to her room she's saying fuck you and <laughs> this whole thing played out in such a way that i am literally sitting here like you told me to call the police for what was she supposed to respect them more than she respects me was was something significant supposed to take place finally either way they get her in the house and she's standing in the kitchen and they're like go to your room your mother wants you in your room and she's looking at them like yeah okay and i'm sitting here like you gotta be kidding me this shit is embarrassing one of the officers literally pulled me to the side and said listen next time don't call us whoop her ass <laughs> can't make this shit up like he literally said listen next time don't call us whoop her ass <laughs> and i'm just sitting here like sir that is not gonna help this situation like it's it's not so that was one incident that's your problem you should have whooped my ass when i was younger and i wouldn't have had those issues <sighs> anyways that was one incident the next one that rings very true in my head would be i feel like you're enjoying <laughs> like, you were the one going through it was i was not enjoying it i can laugh now because it's over but at the time i thought i was in hell but the next time faith pulled out a knife and she swung it at one of her siblings i believe it was your brother she swung it it was either her brother or her sister she's no it was your sister she swung it in her sister's direction her dad jumped in the way first of all first of all what we were referred to him as my stepdad regardless he jumps in the way faith cuts his hand well again the police are called <laughs> Oh, again, the police are called. Now, at this point, everyone is noticing what's going on. Faith's going to school. Faith is constantly getting in trouble in school, like all the time in trouble. Um, I don't think we have put you into a behavioral school at this point. Mm -mm. No, no, you were still in in general. So, well, we lived in Chictawaga. That was you, you right, you right. But it was like what Maryville. It was all the hood rats. Oh my god. Anyway so um so we um end up going to which was first jdst mm -hmm. yes jdst so we started off with jdst and this this shit did nothing this really did nothing were you on jdst when we moved finally to the pew i think you were still on jdst what when we moved. probation no, that was before probation. It wasn't though. Oh, are you talking about what was it called? It was like kitty probation. Yeah, first. it was like some we gonna check on you and, and threaten you, but we really couldn't do nothing. Yeah, it was that. Um that was I think you were still on that when we moved. Were you uh -huh. still on that? Okay. So then we moved from Chitawaga to Depew. Um, found a house, got real comfortable, loved the place. Um, <laughs> and I don't think you ever transferred into Depew. No, they wouldn't let me. Nah, you never, they, nah, you stayed at Maryville. They wouldn't let me, remember? Because that very little friend kept calling me 
bully saying i was beating oh, on him and leaving listen bruises. listen it might have been true i mean it either was, way but he ain't got me no oh bruises. and what happened no nah, because what happened was you were trying to leave the school and the principal at maryville told you not to leave the school and this dude was like six five maybe 300 pounds this too. was a big ass principal and she's sitting up here trying to get out of the school and man like no nah, you can't leave the school and she pushed dude anyway we're not even talking about that so we move she's still on jdst but that quickly ended because again face behaviors continue to escalate continue to escalate to the point where now faith is putting her hands on me well. <sighs> this is where things got interesting <laughs> this is where things got interesting now she wants to get closer because i feel like you gotta because you know how you so do. You know how you so do. this 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 the way this came about wasn't as funny it wasn't it, it wasn't as funny <laughs> you don't think so no i know so this shit this shit wasn't funny at all okay so pretty much things just started getting really really bad so when they really realized that faith could not be controlled in the home we went from jdst to probation and then we got wraparound services. You we were interested. Who? My probation officer. No. I don't think you ever forget the name, Miss Officer oh. Deepa Squad. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I do remember that name. Yeah, she was cool as hell. No, she, she, she was She was cool to me. She was a jackass. She was cool to me. <laughs> she was cool to me. <laughs> this is this is violate me three times in a row. Man, you deserved every last one. Okay, so I don't want to get confused on here because a lot of the fight fighting took place while my ex was no longer in the home. But we're not there yet because we just didn't get there yet. Um, first, there was sleep at um, somewhere Faith went quite often. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna forever think that's funny. I'm sorry, I love sleep at. I didn't love CPEP at all, um, but Faith went a lot. Um, whenever she would have one of her episodes, that's where I had to take her because... That's what you're calling them? Yes, that's what I'm calling them, episodes. Because with the help of probation and wraparound services, that was the extent of the help that Erie County was able to give me for what was going on in my home, which, again, we will refer to as episodes. <laughs> but I wasn't on probation for long. I remember... I violated three times and he took me off and put me back in the center. No, you was on probation for a while. I don't know what you remembering, but you was on probation for a while. I mean. But what? Not really. Anyway, that was the extent of the help that they could give me, which I thought was crazy because I had literally a, a demon in my household running rampant, you know, hurting her siblings. Because at the time she would literally hurt her younger siblings. Um, she was violent and disrespectful towards me. And she would come and go as she pleased. Like there was no order at all in the house. <laughs> like, and there was nothing that I could do to get it. A lot of people kept saying, well, you should have did this. You should have did this. There was nothing I could have done. There, there was no, 
What could I have done? I don't know. Whoop my ass. That wouldn't have helped. You should have started sooner. See, all of this is because you didn't start beating my ass sooner. Whose fault does that belong to? Anyway. So, one particular incident, Faith goes to CPEP and Faith is there for more than a day. Her dad, stepdad at the time, goes to pick her up. And this is where things go immediately south he goes to pick her up the facility allowed him into the room with faith into the room with faith there was apparently one little cot on the floor there was two it was just pushed together there were two cots on the floor and they were pushed together he shows up to pick her up at about one, two o'clock in the morning because he had just got off of work. It definitely was late as hell. I don't even know why. He like came. it was in the middle of the freaking night, and he shows up to pick her up, and they didn't release her to leave until when? The next morning. Like five, six o'clock in the morning. Like it was early as hell in the morning, but it was the next morning. So basically, they're sleeping in this room together. And I will turn this over to Faith for those happenings. You don't want to tell it from your point of view? Your point of view is always interesting. I don't want to tell it from my point of view because all I know is what was told to me years later. It was a years later, remember? It you was a year later. Ass, you get on my ass all the time talking about so you went right to that white lady and told that white lady. Because the, instead the lady of telling the white lady, because instead of telling the white lady, you could have just told me. Because the story you told to the white lady was a lie. And I knew it was a lie when it came out of your damn mouth. And this is the thing. I'm sitting here in this woman's office and I hate this. And people are always saying, when your child says something, believe your child. Fuck that. Because sometimes your child is lying. And in my case, with my child who had all of these issues and all of these behavioral problems, she was lying. So when she opened up her mouth and she told this woman this story... And I'm sitting up here hearing it back. I'm like, okay, this is some bullshit. So when CPS show up to my house and they're telling me this story and I look at the woman and I tell this woman that's a fucking lie, of course, I immediately end up in court. Come to find out, <laughs> like I said out of my mouth, the story she told them was a lie. But did anybody care? No, <laughs> nobody cared. Nobody cared because you have a mother with a history with CPS telling them that a story out of their daughter's mouth about a man putting his hands on her is a lie. And of course, to them, I was in the wrong and I wasn't. What Faith had told them was a lie. And when she finally told me the truth, I believed her immediately. Why? Because what she told me was plausible. It, it, it could have actually been true. But the first story that she gave me and if I can remember correctly, she said <clears throat> her stepfather showed up to pick her up. He was intoxicated, seemed like he was on drugs. She said it seemed like he had been smoking marijuana and he was intoxicated and he showed up and he was very belligerent and he was touching on her. And am I forgetting something? He said that he was touching on you and that he was. Um, Girl, I don't that he was touching on her and that he was basically saying some pretty horrible things. Um, 
either way, I'm listening to this story and, and it, there was a lot more to it, but it was, it, there was no way in, in the world this was true. On many, the second that she said that he was intoxicated, I knew she was lying. He was not. He wouldn't have got intoxicated and then drove to come pick up his daughter. He, he's, he, he would never have done nothing like, he would not have done that. I know that for a fact because I know him. And, and, and it's as wrong as I could be about any and every person that I have ever dealt with. There are some things that I know to be true. And I know he would not have done that. If he ever did drink and drive, he would not have done it in a situation where he was going to have to have his children in the car because he's just not that type of person. Aww. So I already knew that there was some, some falsehoods in this story and I wanted the real story. And she wasn't going to give me that at the time because her whole mission was chaos. <laughs> and that is exactly what the fuck happened. CPS came to my house. I told them that what she just said was a lie. We ended up in court. We ended up in court before I could even bat an eye. They removed all of my children from my home. All of them. Every last one. And I had to once again say goodbye to my children. Because of a lie. Out of Faith's mouth. I cannot explain the grief, the anger, or the pain that I felt. Faith went to a behavioral group home in Auburn, and the rest of the children were split up into different foster homes. At the time, my children were gluten-free. Um, they had other dietary needs that had been maintained in my household for years. And my daughter, that is right below faith was not eating she was not eating at all um i ended up sending food to her and got in trouble for it and i didn't give a fuck because you're not gonna sit here and starve my child you can kiss my ass um but she wasn't eating um and they didn't care they put her with this old ass woman who didn't care about what was coming out of my daughter's mouth about things she did not eat. She just was like, I fixed this food, you're gonna eat it. And my daughter was like, no, I'm not because my mother would not force me to eat this. The babies ended up with a very nice woman who I have kept in contact with over the years. And my son ended up with a nice woman who I also kept in contact with throughout the years. Um, and Faith went to Auburn and I was furious. Um, I could barely eat, I could barely sleep, and I spent pretty much every single day in my home screaming at the top of my lungs and crying my eyes out. Um, it was horrible, <laughs> to say the least. And I continue to try to heal the relationship that I had with Faith. I went to go see her every single weekend. I was there every weekend and it was amazing. Her not being in my home, we had the best conversations. We spent the greatest time together. Like it was, it was amazing. Like we could literally sit with each other. We were happy to see each other. We would talk, we would laugh. Um, she would do my hair, I would do her hair. We would do puzzles, we would color, we would go shopping. Like we just had so much fun together. It was just us and the worker from the home and we would go places and we enjoyed ourselves. And 
And it was hard because on one hand, I'm angry and I'm mad because my other children, I can barely ever see them. And when I do see them, I'm so sad because they want to come home. And I don't know how to explain to them that they can't because I hadn't even, I wasn't even given a court date. Like literally they took them and nothing, nothing happened. Like I wasn't even given an opportunity to go into court and speak for myself. But here it is. I'm able to spend all of this time with Faith. I'm able to see her whenever I want and I'm able to talk to her. And I didn't have that same freedom with my other children. So on one hand, I'm very angry with her and there is some resentment. But at the same time, she's my daughter and I love her. So I was enjoying my time with her. And we spent a lot of time together. I actually um, did um, end up kicking her dad at the time out and separated from him. We ended up sleeping with each other one more time. Um, I was highly, highly monogamous at the time and pretty much scared of my own shadow when it came to my sexuality. And um, sex has always been a coping mechanism for me. So we ended up sleeping with each other one more time and I actually got pregnant and got an abortion. And the crazy thing is, is after I got the abortion, I had a visit with Faith. And she swears up and down that she could tell because I was not feeling well. I don't think she could tell anything because I am a great actress. But she swears up and down that she could tell. No, I didn't know at first. Mm -hmm. I didn't know for years until you brought that girl home after she got her abortion. And I put two and two together because you looked just like that. It looked like you shouldn't have been driving. You wasn't right. And I'm like... I know what she just did. She walked the cemetery. <laughs> so eventually I put two and two together. I'm not stupid. Either way, um, I was on a lot of meds, so I felt better than I did yeah, the night before. High, you don't get high. Because so. <laughs> I did the medical type with the pill, and that mess was, me- oh my God, that is the worst pain ever. And then I ended up having to go to the VA um, because I was in so much pain, and they gave me some Dulotted, which is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't care what anybody says. Um, <laughs> what? You know, a Shrek when they go into a village and they open the A Dulot. <laughs> it does sound like that village. Um, but yeah, so. But a lot came out when I went to Alberta, though. Like, those were some of the. Like, oh my years. God. So we had conversations. All, and like I said, we had our relationship blossomed so well while she was there. Like we had so many conversations. One in particular was about what actually happened that night with her stepdad, where she told me the truth. And she explained that, you know, he laid down, he went to sleep, she laid down, she went to sleep. And that somewhere in between the night, he rolled over and wrapped his arms around her. She said he still seems like he was sleeping and he put his hand in her pants and the whole time he was saying my name. Now, again, this story was more believable to me because of many things. Number one, I had been married to this man for many, many years and I had always told him he had an issue with sleeping. He's always had an issue with sleeping, always. Like there were instances where we would... actually have sex and the next morning he wouldn't remember because he thought he went to sleep but I thought he was awake 
So, and, and it was literally one of the biggest issues in our entire marriage because he would on who's in shut up. (laughs) So like he would like either sleep too much or he would be sleep and not remember things. And it was literally something we argued about all the time. So when she told me this, I'm like, okay, either way, my thing was, she could have came to me. If she had came to me, I could have dealt with it in a way where I didn't have to lose my children, where they didn't have to go through what they went through. And I didn't have to go through it a second time. Um, yeah, but you weren't the person I had come to at that time. So I was the person you could come to. You didn't think I was the person that you could come to. That is the difference. First of all, these people can hear one of our conversations that we have in the present time. They would be like, I wouldn't talk to you either. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. I don't. Okay, me being ignorant and me not being somebody you can talk to is two completely different situations. Mommy, 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 what? You are not the person you are today that you were back then. I didn't even want to talk to you about my period. Now I could talk to you about a whole blowjob. It was a different time. Either way, whether I was open then or or not, I was still someone you could have came and been like, Mom, something happened when he came. What would have happened? Mm-hmm. What I wanted to happen all the damn years that we was living together. I'd have kicked his ass the fuck out. <laughs> and this time I would have had a good reason to do it. Shit. Whatever. <laughs> Shit. Well, Man. you kicked him out when you originally wanted to. Fast forward. Man, fast forward. listen. Listen, we all knew that. I mean, I and, like and a good majority of this can be blamed on you. No, because, it can't be fucking blamed on me. No, 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 no. Clear all the leak back up. You should have never went back to Buffalo to go to school when you didn't even finish. Because I, I ain't like the school. You could have left us I in Louisiana. You, I thought you was about to say something about the marriage. Oh, no. True. That too. No, because the marriage was cool. I it mean, was a nice dad. he was, and he, he still is. Stuff, and he even came up with a holiday. He still is a great dad. Adoption day. <laughs> He still is a great dad. That wasn't the thing. The thing between us was when he met me, he was the only person that I've ever dealt with in my life who understood me, who truly understood me. And he didn't try to change me. He he knew who I was. He knew what I, what I needed and he didn't try to change me. And the thing was, after we got married, some of that changed for him. And I don't know if it was because the person that came into my life or what transpired, but things for him changed. And that was where it all kind of went bad for us because it was like, you know, all the way up until now you, you understood me and now you're treating me as if I'm a bad person and and I wasn't, I'm still the same person. You have just changed. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. That relationship is long over, but all right. The, um, approach the next topic that happened. In our hold on. I'm getting here. So when we had this conversation, I told you this at the same time. When we had this conversation mm-hmm. about my ex-husband, we also had a conversation about something else that went on during that time. See, we skipped over a little part of when we first moved back here. When we first moved back here, we moved into Wheatfield. Wheatfield. And while we were living there, we were only there Wait, for a couple of up. months. We got to rewind a little bit further back into Louisiana, where you caught yourself trying to discipline me from afar. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
that. I'm not before happy. we <laughs> before we left Louisiana, I made a phone call to my dad, who I had started trying to rebuild a relationship with. And I informed him that, you know, I was having some issues with Faith and her not listening. And, you know, it was just really hard to discipline her. So he said, well, you guys are moving back here, right? I said, yeah. He's like, well, when you get back here, you know, I'll help out, you know. (laughs) Okay, cool, Dad. No problem. Wonderful. We get back to Western New York. We first move into Wheatfield. We moved into Wheatfield before we moved into Jituaga. We were only there for a couple months. And during that time, my dad was around a lot. Now, if anyone knows who my dad is, he has a lot of children and he's not there for any of them. But he was around a lot. (laughs) This man was over my house all the time. He would literally take my children for the weekend during the weekday, bring them back a couple days later. Like him and Faith, it seemed like they blossomed the most amazing relationship. She even gave him a nickname. Uh-uh, he gave himself that nickname. Everybody had to call him back. Cause he I, it, it, it sounded like you gave him the nickname the way that it came about. Uh-uh, it's on his that's, why I always, that's why I always said it. No, it's on his license plate on his Lexus. That's what his license plate says. He said, because I shaped the court. Yeah. No, I'm talking about Big Daddy. <laughs> I think I call everybody some sort of daddy at one point. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> you did not just snort. <laughs> oh my gosh, shut up. Yo, so, we can... <laughs> no, we're not going there. We're not did going you there. Not see the sign? This shit was oh. so unhealthy. <laughs> like, again, we're not going there this yet. Shit was so unhealthy. We will get to we will get to that part later because that's a who lord. That's gonna that's gonna take a couple of sessions. Either way. Hmm. <sighs> He, yes, she seemed to really like spending time with my dad. So, I mean, shit, I I thought it was a wonderful thing, right? I mean, it seemed seemed to be a wonderful thing. Um, Either way, fast forward back to where we are having this conversation after she tells me the truth about what happened that day at CPEP, she tells me that my dad was raping her. Is this hard for you? It's interesting. All jokes aside, because I feel like I can talk about it so easily now because it doesn't affect me as much as it did when it first happened. Like, it's kind of just nasty, and I feel bad more than anything, but it's not hard for me to talk about it anymore, so it shouldn't be hard for you. It's only hard for me because when you said it, I mean, I had spent years of my life trying to piece together what happened to me as a child, and through all of it, I mean, my family was so at odds with each other. Everybody was just blaming it on someone else. My mom's side blamed it on my dad's side. My dad's side blamed it on my mom's side. And in all of it, none of them cared enough about me to ever, I mean, really care enough to tell me what happened. And I don't, I don't even know if they even knew. I mean, I found out later they did, but at the time I didn't think they knew. I think they just hated each other so much that they just wanted to put the blame on someone else. Something horrible happened to me and they wanted someone to blame for it. And when you said what you said 
I have bits and pieces, bits and pieces of memory from the three years that I was raped as a child. And some of those bits and pieces started to start. The best way I can describe it is it's like a dull memory and they started to glow. Like it was literally like a dull picture in my head. And some of the pictures started to glow really, really bright. And there were parts in it where it was just like, oh, that makes sense now. (laughs) And I remember, you know, we sat on this phone and you were telling me, you know, little things that were going on and where it took place and how it happened and what he did to you. And as much as I could tolerate to hear, because I mean, again, I could not tolerate much. And when we got off the phone, I cried. And I mean, I, I cried and I called the only person that um, I thought I could talk to who we won't really mention the name of because I mean, again, I <laughs> recently found out that that person was not as much of a uh, support as I thought. Um, but I called her and the first thing I said to her was, I know who raped me when I was a kid. <laughs> And, and it's crazy that I'm even laughing at it now because I literally do nothing but cry and scream about it in therapy. But I told her, I said, I know who raped me as a child. And she said, how? And I told her about our conversation. <clears throat> and she was like, she just, she told me to breathe. <laughs> and I couldn't breathe. Like I couldn't breathe at all because if nothing else, I, I, I loved my father. I loved him to death. I mean, this was, this was literally like my salvation. My mother was a horrible, evil, evil woman who made me out to be this incredibly disrespectful child when I wasn't, I was smart and beautiful and talented and she hated me. And she treated me like she hated me and in my head, my dad was that knight in shining armor that was going to rescue me from this evil woman. And all I wanted, and when we finally talked years later as an adult, I told him, I'm like, all I wanted you to do was come and, and rescue me. Like on my birthdays, I would sit up and I would wait for him for hours. He would never show up, but I would wait. He would always have me wrap up a slice of pizza and some wings. And he would tell me that he was coming and I would page him a million and one times. And he would always say, I'm coming. And he never came. Like, never. I mean, maybe. I mean, more than likely, this is the trauma speaking. But besides being a pedophile, he was a pretty all right dude. No, he wasn't. Time with him. He wasn't. He was. He was fun. He the thing, what I wanted to The do. thing was, he wasn't there. So in my head, I made him out to be the better parent because I didn't know anything about him. So in my head, he had to have been the good one. Because there has to be a good and there has to be a bad, right? So in my head, I was living with the evil one. I was living with the one that was wrong. So in my head, I mean, if she's bad, and she was, she was horrible. And she allowed me to be abused by so many people. But if she was horrible, then he must have been the good parent. And, and I just wanted to be with the good parent. Where was your logic in that? I didn't have any, my abuse started when I was three years old. (laughs) So my logic, like my nature, like my 
personality was innocent and childlike because I was still that three-year-old wishing someone would stop the pain that I was going through that to this day I only have bits and pieces of and to find out years later that the person that I loved more than anything else the person that I just wanted to be around that I idolized was the person that caused it and everything that came after all of the dysfunction (laughs) my love for abusive relationships my love for toxic men all of it to find out that it was my dad was like I don't I don't think you can I don't think you can really <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think you can really put into words what that feels like. I mean, I've been hurt by a lot of people, but he was the one I don't know. I I spent so many years up at night crying, wishing that he would just come and pick me up and and save me. And I, I wanted to keep that, that picture of him. I wanted to remember him that way. And that wasn't who he was. And he was destroyed for me. And not only was he destroyed for me, but everyone that came with him was, including the only person that I ever thought loved me, which was his mom. Because how does your son do something like that to their daughter and you don't know about it? And she... She used to hold me and she used to pray with me. And those are some of the most important memories of my entire childhood. And they were kind of lies now because he hurt me and you knew, (laughs) you knew he hurt me. And so the only person that ever really cared about me didn't really care about me. (laughs) And that was really hard to hear. (laughs) Really, really hard to hear. I lost my, my superhero and the greatest love of my life in one conversation with my daughter. 
and that sucked. But, um, shortly after that took place, um, <laughs> I did go to court long enough for them to tell me that they should not have removed my children from my care and they sent them home. This took place six months after they took them. <laughs> They didn't give me any reason. Well, they did. They gave me a reason. They said that they had probable cause because my children had been removed from my care before. So because of a case that happened many, many years before where they didn't even have all the details. Let's, let's get that straight. The CPS worker walked into court and she told them that I had hurt my son in 2007. And that's why my children were removed from my care. And that is not what happened. That is not what happened at all. But based on that information and just her words and not to this day, I still despise the very thought of this woman. And if I, whoo, anyway, um, I wish I could meet this woman again today and just smile at her. No, I just want to smile at her. Like, I just want to look in her face and smile. You know that smile, that look that you give somebody when it's like, under different circumstances, <clears throat> our interaction would have been different. I want to give her one of those looks. I don't have one of those smiles because I have one of those smiles. On my circumstances, I end up putting my hands on people. I don't, <laughs> I don't have that pause button. I have a pause button and I just want to give her the look of, if our situation had been different, things would have been very different between me and you and I just want you to know that. You could take me with her to smile at her. I'll smile at her for <laughs> <laughs> either way um based on her word alone they removed the children and six months later said they had no reason to and sent them home um all of the children came home to include faith and this is when things got really bad because <laughs> this is when we started fighting and i don't mean just arguing and bickering Ooh, excuse me with one another I mean, actually fist fighting. This is now, we're at 2015 and we are literally, every in instance of, of an altercation became a fist fight, like brawl. And it was <sighs> scary as hell, um, to say the least, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. <laughs> if it wasn't for your expertise military training, I wouldn't get as good as fighting in school. If <laughs> 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 you hadn't been liking me up, like you ain't no sense. Listen. Listen. I I will say this. It it was fun. It was not fun. Anyways, um, I am going to end there, um, because I personally need a moment, um, and we have discussed safe words and I probably should have used one, um, a while ago and ended there, but, um, I did not, um, Faith got me to laughing, so I was able to bring myself back, which is very rare. Um, but um, we're going to end there. 
um, and I will hand it over to Faith for our quote, which I literally just pulled up. <laughs> Out of the Mountain of Despair, A Stone of Hope by Martin Luther King Jr. I like that one. Um, but until next week, um, we will pick up where we left off. <laughs> um, but until next week, Are you going to say bye? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm looking at you like, what else I'm to <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>